Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Greetings, everyone. This is El Hagan with the Wisdom Trail broadcast. And I would like to welcome you all. Thank you for coming out today. And we're going to talk about some wonderful things like strength, strengthening your life. All right, so we're going to get started. Welcome, 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 welcome. So, today, we want to talk about different things that you need to be mindful of if you're going to have a kitchen herbal kit that's going to support you. And um, that's what we want to do here. So, I'd like to welcome everybody that is on the call. And thank you for coming in. Um, you can, if you're on the website, you can use the chat room and we can see your questions and answers. If you're on the telephone, then um, you can ask questions that way and we can respond to you accordingly. All right, but anyway, here we are. And one of the First things we want to think about is how in the world are we supposed to strengthen ourselves and empower what we're doing in life? Your kitchen is the first line of defense in terms of you building your herbal kit. Some of the things that you use as foods are already herbs. For example, lemons oranges, limes, mustard greens, dandelion, dandelion root. And then some of you that are more into health have begun to eat burdock root. And burdock root is very, very, very good for you. It's got a lot of iron in it. And it you can fix it very much like you fix carrots. It has a pleasant nutty taste. And it's easy to fix. You actually don't have to cook it, but um, it kind of tastes better if you cook it. You can saute it. You can boil it. Any type of way that you want to do it like that, very, very easy to do. So we're going to come back to burdock later. The one thing I notice, a lot of people nowadays are using herbs, but they're not using the herbs in a principle type way. When I say principle, there's certain 
reasons why you would use a thing and use it that way and not in another way. For example, one tends to wash their hands before they eat. You would think it was common sense, but it was a principle that was taught to us to avoid putting germs into the food, hence putting the germs into our body and having the potential of making ourselves sick. So we don't want to be sick. Some of the herbs have their own cleansing properties as well. So we're going to cover some of that. So now the average kitchen in the olden days, when I say olden days, I'm talking about like 30, 40 years ago, there were certain things that you found in almost every kitchen. For example, powdered ginger, maybe some turmeric, definitely sage, rosemary, thyme, cayenne pepper, and those type of things. Now, we call those spices. And traditionally, a lot of cultures that used those spices did so because in the way olden days, they didn't have refrigeration. So the meat and things would tend to get a little tainted. So in order to dress up the flavor, one would put those spices in it to keep the, you know, to make the body digest the food better and also to take away some of the tainted taste. Now, it just so happens that those particular plants have good medicinal properties as well. So let's look at ginger, for example. And ginger happens to be one of my favorite herbs. I've been using that for a long time. And when I was little, I didn't really like it because it had that hot bite to it. And most people have the powdered ginger which works quite well because ginger is able to hold its integrity for quite a long time. Now, what do I mean by holding its integrity? The reason a spice works is because it has volatile oils in it, or what they call essential oils, the original oil that comes with that particular plant that also holds the properties of that plant. So in your ginger, you got heat, the fire of the ginger. You also have a very, very, very powerful digestive enzyme, meaning that it helps you to break down other food that you're eating. It also is very tasty. Now, many of the people throughout the modern times have used ginger in the form of ginger ale, or in the Caribbean environment, they made something called ginger beer, which actually was a beer originally, and later on they made a soda called ginger beer, which is quite popular nowadays. And that ginger is good for getting rid of colds. If you have um, a lot of heavy phlegm in the chest, and you make a strong, strong ginger drink, it'll help to dissolve all that mucus and bring it out. And people that have colds, ginger will help to counteract the colds. 
And then we use it in a different way as well. We would take sometimes if a person has pain in the leg or in the arm or somewhere that's in the muscles, we would take the ginger and grate it up and boil it and then turn it off and take a, a towel or a wash rag and dip it in that water. Now make sure you're wearing those rubber kitchen gloves because it's going to be quite hot dipping your hands in that water. You take that rag out, wring it out, wrap that in another dry towel, and then touch it to that part where the pain is on the body. Gently tap it so you get to the point where you can actually stand the heat that comes out of it. Then you place it on there and let it absorb that pain and the tension out of that spot. And then, of course, once it cools down, you can dip it in again and get that fresh ginger water up in it and put it on that spot again. And over a period of time, take that pain way, 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 way down. Now, caution note, the things that are said on this broadcast are not intended in any way to diagnose or to cure anything. We're just making notations of things we have used them for or things that we have known other people to use them for. And this is not in any way intended to replace the services of a competent herbalist or health practitioner or a doctor or anybody that really knows what they're doing. Everything here is given in education only so that you could use what you understand how to use in the way that you understand how to use it. Okay, so that's ginger. A ginger can be made into smoothies. Like usually I will put a piece of ginger in my smoothie because it makes the rest of the food digest better. And then having that ginger in the blood it's good to help counteract different kind of bacteria and viruses that want to build up in the blood, fungus, things like that. Now, ginger as a plant, it has a cousin that looks similar to ginger root, except the meat of that root is bright yellow. And that one is called turmeric. And turmeric is a big, big herb that's used in a lot of Ayurvedic formulas. It's also one of the principal ingredients that is used in curry. So typically the curry formulas have a combination of anywhere between five, seven different ingredients, many times including turmeric, chili pepper, allspice, and um, maybe some, um, it might have a little ginger in it occasionally, depending on who's making the curry. Each family in India used to make a curry that was indigenous to their own family's artistry. And um, it became quite an art form. 
over in this country, which uh, some of you are from in, I see people from the UK here. So people in America generally don't make their own curry, but it's something that's very easy to get over here. And um, you can use it to make Indian dishes like chana masala and, um, you know, curried lamb, curried chicken, things like that. So all of the benefits that each of those herbs would have, they would have as a curry as well. So curry is good for helping you digest your food better also. Now one of my other favorite herbs, oh, I didn't finish covering the turmeric. The turmeric is good for digestion. It's good for easing up the um, tension inside your brain. Turmeric has, has been um, actually used in making juices too, making um, a real pleasant um, nutritional juice out of the turmeric and some honey and maybe some cinnamon like that. Now cinnamon itself is good as well. Cinnamon typically over here, when I say over here, I'm talking about in the Americas. Mostly we use ground cinnamon bark like that, right? So you take these outer bark off of the tree and then the inner bark is peeled into little sticks. Some people chew them just like that. The main way we use it in America is in a powder form. Now, cinnamon is an energy-boosting herb. It's got fire in it, too, just like the um, the ginger. I don't advise people to eat a lot of cinnamon at nighttime, though, because it tends to keep you awake. It's a definite upper. But you can use cinnamon in your smoothies. There's a lot of different forms of cinnamon candies around. Medicinally-wise, you use the cinnamon to stimulate the blood, to circulate, to increase the circulation. Also, it thins the blood a little bit so that it will flow better. And like I said, it's, at nighttime, it'll keep you awake. So after 7 p.m., you want to try to curtail the amount of cinnamon that you use. Now, in this country, again, cinnamon is used a lot to make what they call cinnamon buns, which is a form of taking a roll and putting butter in it and a lot of cinnamon and sugar and then rolling it up and cut it like little pinwheels and then bake them together with some kind of honey or syrup across the top of it. And people enjoy doing that. If you ask me how to use it, I'm put it in the smoothie. Everything goes in the smoothie. As long as the smoothie tastes good, don't overwhelm it with the cinnamon. So, also, we have something called sage. Now, here is an herb that is 
very, very, very much sought after all over the world. It's not just one sage. There's probably about anywhere between 30 and 60 different sages that are available for use in kitchen spices. The typical one being what they call common garden sage. And then there's another one called purple sage or red sage that is also used to treat meats and to give them a little spicy flavor. But that sage is really, 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 really good for getting mucus out of your head and out of your lungs and out of the lymph glands. So it's good to have some sage on hand at all times. It actually stores very, very well as long as you keep it dark and in a dry place. So you could put it in a glass jar and store it, and it'll store for quite some time, even up to several years. Now, the Native Americans used the white sage as a ritual cleansing process. They would burn the sage and then what they call smudged people, they would let the smoke go all over the person's body and thereby carry that negative spirit away with them. And a lot of Americans have adopted that tradition. So you you see a lot of folks, particularly in the black cultural community, where they tend to have an altar in their house and would take and put some sage on that altar. And um, it's interesting to watch the amount of people that have adopted that tradition nowadays. And it's, it's a good tradition. And the sage smells pretty nice. It also makes your house smell nice. But as a tea, sage is good to settle the stomach out and help with gas and help with indigestion very good thing to use. You can also make an eye wash out of that sage to help to get bacteria off the surface of the eye. If you close the eyes and put a cloth with strong sage tea in it across the eyelids, that will help to take away some of the burning that the eyes develop sometime from being in dry air or smoke environment things like that. So sage is really, really, really good used in that manner. So close to say, oh, a lot of people wash their hair with sage. It is so beneficial for the scalp, and it helps to stimulate the hair follicles as well. It's actually soothing to take a bath in sage, for real, for real. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of things that Americans generally don't do because we tend to live too fast and we don't take our time to enjoy the different things that are available to us, like herbs, for example. We put too little emphasis in the use of herbs and we don't really, um, we don't give them a high place of esteem in our lives, which we should, because the herbs were here long before we got here, and they will probably be here long after we're gone from here. 
and they are willing to serve us and assist us. The next herb that I would like to share with you is rosemary. Rosemary is an interesting looking herb. The leaves actually look like little spikes. And I have seen Christmas trees made out of rosemary. I have a friend that the whole hedges around his house are rosemary hedges. And uh, so when you go up to his steps, it smells real nice out there. Rosemary is a good herb to get rid of sourness and putrefaction in the stomach. So where the stomach and the lower bowel has gotten stale from eating a lot of um, starch and a lot of grease and things like that that don't digest very readily, then that rosemary will help to break all of that up and ease it so that your body can begin its digestive process again and um, make you feel good. It's also a, a stimulant, an energy stimulant. It helps to pick up your blood. It adds iron to your blood. And it's got a little bit of fire to it also. Rosemary is good for preserving other foods. And you could take and make a combination of that ginger, turmeric, sage, and rosemary and use it to knock out a cold. And it'll do it rather quickly. And what you'll probably see, since the cold is made out of a lot of mucus, is going to cause the person's nose to start running and things like that, which that's what you really want. Very, very good. And you can put honey in it. You don't have to drink it straight if you don't want to. Although, while we were learning herbs, we were always advised to take the tea straight. So, I still do it straight. But a little honey will not hurt you. And honey is better than using agave or sugar, even your turbinado sugar and those kind of refined sugars like that. So now, the rosemary, you can make a bath out of rosemary too. You can also do a lot of arts and crafts with rosemary. People make wreaths with them. They also use it in something called potpourri, which you take little little um, leaves of different kind of herbs and put them in a little pouch made out of cloth and then you use that put it in the draw to make the whole draw smell good now thyme t-h-y-m-e ha now what is that good for it's very tasty for one thing and it is also a digestive aid, slightly different than the digestive effects of the ones that I mentioned before. However, it also has another feature to it. It actually causes the body to sweat. So it promotes perspiration. So a lot of times if you eat a large amount of thyme, you're going to notice you start feeling hot. And if 
you have a, quite a bit of it in you, you'll start sweating, which is good for getting toxins that are underneath the surface of the skin to loosen and to come out. So you want that stuff to dissolve. Especially a lot of people have thick grease underneath the skin surface. And once it starts to come out of the pores, that's better for the skin. Very, very good. So thyme is good like that. Now, of course, we all know about peppermint. That's got to be one of the probably most popular herbs from history. A lot of us know peppermint from peppermint candy. The red and white round candies or even candy canes. And when I was little, I did not like any kind of peppermint candy. Uh-uh, forget it. Can't eat that. But later on, when I got to be around 20 years old, they served me some peppermint tea. Amazing. I couldn't imagine something that had such a pleasant taste. Very cooling. So if your body's overheated and you make peppermint tea and drink that, soothe you down, cool you down, make you feel good. So now, after drinking the peppermint tea, you'll notice that your brain gets a little clearer and your joints seem to move a little bit better, that peppermint, it counteracts inflammation and it does it very quickly. Now, not only can you have peppermint leaves, you could also have something called peppermint essential oil. Essential oil is the oil that sweats off of the leaves of the fresh plant. That's the thing that gives it that pepperminty, or what they call that menthol effect. It takes 50 pounds of peppermint leaves to make one pound of peppermint essential oil. So that's what kind of concentration that you're dealing with. So, it's good to have some peppermint essential oil on hand. It's good for a lot of things. Like if you get a cut and you need to clean the cut, it will kill the germs out of that cut. I mean, not a severe cut, but you know, like a paper burn or something like that. And lately, a lot of people have been using that peppermint oil to put it down there near where mice are in their house and the vapor of it irritates the mouse's eyes so the mice won't come out. To me, that's kind of an expensive way to uh, counteract mice. But now, on the peppermint leaves, peppermint is very easy to grow. If you don't watch out, it'll take over your whole garden. Because it spreads and spreads and spreads. But you can use it fresh in smoothies. You can actually make a peppermint tea and use that as the smoothie base. 
and it adds another dimension to the taste of that smoothie. And you can use it for a lot of things. Now note that these herbs that I'm mentioning are things that I'm suggesting suggesting that you need to have on hand at all times because it's going to really, really support you staying well. And part of the business of staying well is having your blood at a certain level of fluidity and what would make your blood not be fluid. The more starch you eat, the starch is going to stay in the blood and it's going to make the blood thick and sticky. These herbs will help to counteract that effect. So you don't want thick, sticky blood. You want nice, fluid, nice round platelets that are very, very flexible and not sticky. The other thing about eating a lot of bread, bacteria loves all that starch. So if a person continues to eat starch and starch and starch, sugar and sugar and sugar, it's more than likely that they're going to have an abundance of yeasts, fungus, and bacteria in the blood. So you want to clean that plaque off of the blood cells, clean that bacteria off the blood cells. So that's why you use your fire herbs like ginger, like the rosemary, peppermint. Now, speaking of fire herbs, that would take us into the family of what they call capsicums which would include things like cayenne pepper, jalapeno peppers, chili peppers, scotch bonnet peppers, and habanero peppers. Habanero is the hottest of all peppers, and that will light up the whole system. <laughs> now, the cayenne pepper, there's two main species. There's a regular cayenne, and then you got one called African bird pepper or um, they have another name for that too um, I am I can't think of it at the moment but the African bird pepper is like super hot mm -hmm. super 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 hot I mean if you get that in your mouth you're going to be on fire for a minute the harbinger will do that to you, too. But the upside of that, it puts that fire in your blood and keeps you from catching colds and getting a lot of bacteria in it like that. It actually chases and, and destroys bacteria. So that's good. That um, I got the name. It's called Mombasa pepper. Mombasa. Yeah from Mombasa, Kenya. And that pepper is really, 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 really hot. But I like it, though. Like it. So, your peppers, they have a, a pepper that, the Indian, that people from India like to use called ghost pepper. If you get one of those in your mouth, it will talk to you for about a half hour. <laughs> and 
you won't be able to put it out too easily. You drink all the water you want, and it'll light up everything in there. <laughs> then when it's when it's time for it to come out the other end, it'll light that up too. <laughs> so you, you have fire coming from all angles. <laughs> so yeah, but you wanna you wanna definitely keep some cayenne pepper on hand at least, and then um. I would keep cayenne pepper and Mombasa pepper because sometimes you want a little more fire. So that'll be good. So now comes the other people in the mint family. Now the whole mint family is called mensa. So that's M-E-N-T-H-A. So we have peppermint. Now, peppermint is actually an ancient hybrid. It's hybrid. Now, when I say hybrid, I'm not talking about GMO. GMO means that somebody went in and changed the actual RNA. RNA stands for ribonucleic acid, which would be the equivalent in a plant of DNA in a person. Now, DNA stands for deoxyribonucleic acid, which is the that molecule actually contains the personality, contains all the characteristics. That's the thing that makes a person's children look like them, is the DNA. And it also makes them have the same kind of characteristics. So the thing that makes each plant come out similar to the plant that it came out of, is the RNA. Now, sometimes different plants that are in the same area, the wind may blow the pollen from one plant to another. If they are close enough in that species, they will produce a hybrid, what they call a natural hybrid. Now, people can make hybrids, too by taking the pollen out of one and dusting it on the other. Bees make hybrids all the time. Like if a bee flies through a field and he keeps landing on the flowers of different plants and he get that pollen on his body, when he goes elsewhere, that pollen will dust out into the other plant and then new characteristics will come on those plants. So in a situation where people are doing GMO, they actually basically introduce a virus into the plant's chemistry to make it accept these new modifications that the person wants to give it. So that takes it so far away from its natural order that it doesn't remain nourishing to you. So anything that you hear that is a GMO, Run far away from it. As a matter of fact, you should demand that your stores divulge to you which plants are GMO. Because the industries that do that, they're not trying to let people know. They're just trying to make plants that look real cute and nice, but the plants won't nourish you. So spearmint is where peppermint actually derived from. And spearmint has a sedative effect. 
very calming, very soothing to the body, help you to put yourself in a state of going to sleep. Peppermint is a perk up or it's an upper. So that helps to wake you up if you if you wake up and you're kind of groggy. If you get a nice cold cup of um, iced peppermint tea, that will really perk you. And it'll make you feel more refreshed, more alert. Your brain will feel like it's sharper. And um, you'll you'll enjoy that. You, you should always keep some peppermint on hand. But keep some spearmint on hand if you want to go to sleep, you want to relax and rest. Good. Another thing in the mint family is called nettle. N-E-T-T-L-E. And nettle is good for bringing the iron in the blood up. It's also good for soothing the system and um, just making the um, body work better. Nettle is mild, but now if you go grab some nettle out in the field, it has some small furs on it that once they go into your skin, they will release some oxalic acid, which will burn you for about an hour. Hence the name stinging nettle, because it really stings. Now, once this, once that, those little, um, if you look at it under a microscope, on the edges of those hairs, you'll see these little balls, and in the balls are that, are the uh, oxalic acid. Once they dry, then it won't sting anymore. Also, if you boil it, I mean, if you make a tea out of it, then it disables the sting. So you don't have to worry about it then. You can wash your hair with it. You can wash your skin with it. And it actually nourishes the skin, nourishes the scalp, and promotes hair growth. So that's a good thing. A nettle is a really, really, really old recipe. They have it in Jamaica, too. They call it cow itch because when the cows walk past it, it stings them, and it makes them shake their skin and trying to get that itch off of there. But they drink it also. Another one of the mints that's really popular is called catnip. Now, interesting about a catnip, for some reason... If you ever see a cat and the cat been getting on your nerves and you want to get even with him, just throw him some catnip and he'll eat some of it and he'll smell it and then you're going to see the show of your life. The cat will get high as a kite and he'll start flipping over and putting his head in it and rubbing in it and rolling all on his back and doing somersaults and all kind of stuff running around, come back, smell it, flip over again. So catnip is like, it's like cat dope. But it doesn't do that to people. It soothes a person down very well. And it makes your body and your mind real calm, very peaceful. So for children, little children, if you get a, like a child or a baby, you know, baby like about six months old or so, maybe four months old. 
up to maybe three years old, you can give them a combination of mullein, catnip, and nettle together. And that will help to soothe them down. And if they're irritable because they got cold or, you know, their nose is running real bad, and you give them that, that'll help them a lot. And help them feel better and, you know. So those are that's a good mild children formula. And we use that a lot to keep the children from having really bad colds and things like that. Mullen is not a mint. That's a tall, furry-looking plant. If you actually touch it, it feels soft like a lamb's ear. And the plant can grow seven, seven and a half feet tall, no problem. It grows in highly acid soil. A lot of times you see it growing next to a railroad. There'll be a lot of them growing out there. And the leaves are gray and they have fur, real soft fur. So you can use the leaves. And um, mullein is particularly good to get rid of colds and to break up all that mucus and to run it out of your system. Very, very nice soothing effect that it has. Sometimes the flowers are used, but mostly the leaves. You can also put the leaf on, like, you know, sometimes the skin is red and swollen, and you can make a um, poultice out of the leaf and lay it on that skin, and it'll soothe down that redness and ease up the pressure and take that burning out. So mullein is a good thing to have. Um, you can store the dried leaves in a jar or in a brown paper bag, something like that. Going back to the mint family again, another favorite is a lemon balm. So-called because it smells a little bit like lemon, but it, it gives a very, very soothing tea. and um, it's very, very, very easy to grow. But everything in the mint family, if you just grow it and you don't contain it, it'll spread throughout the whole garden. Just take over everything, which is interesting as well. So now coming out of the mint family and coming over into what I would call more specialty herbs, specialty because of the level of medicinal quality that they have. Let's talk about cat's claw, or sometimes referred to as uña de gato. Uña would be like fingernail or claw, day of gato, cat. So cat's claw herb. A cat's claw is really, 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 really beneficial for the blood. Matter of fact, you could make a cat's a strong cat's claw tea, and it will actually build your strength immediately, which is a good thing. I like cat's claw tea. It doesn't have a bad taste, but it's got a wonderful feeling that it gives. And um, matter of fact, you could drink that every day. And 
looks like the ground up bark of the cat's claw plant. It's got a reddish color to it. So when you make the tea, the tea has a goldish reddish look to it. Very, very pleasant. Very soothing, but very strengthening. You can actually feel your level of strength improving while you're drinking it. But that's a good, 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 good thing. So, the cat's claw. So, how many we got? We got ginger, we got turmeric, we got sage, we got rosemary, thyme, peppermint, spearmint, cat's claw, cayenne pepper. Jalapeno peppers, um, Mombasa peppers. You don't have to have all of that, but as time goes on, you want to continue to build your kitchen cabinet so that you've got a nice collection of herbs and um, something that's going to be useful for a lot of different purposes. So now, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite herbs is called comfrey, C-O-M-F-R-E-Y. A lot of times nowadays, they sell you the leaves. Now, fresh comfrey leaf is very beneficial for you. It's most notable for repairing muscle tissue, repairing bone tissue, and repair and nerve tissue. I've seen a few cases where a person break their arm and they use comfrey and within about two and a half weeks the bone is stitched back together again. I also saw a case where a person tore the Achilles tendon in the back of the leg and they used the comfrey and the comfrey brought the muscle back together and fixed it without the person being cut open or being intervened medically. So now I see that a lot of books say, well, don't drink comfrey because it's toxic and la, la, la. But I have never, ever heard of anybody dying from comfrey poisoning. So. A lot of these herbs, they get a bad rap because different different chemical industries pay people to do tests to find bad results, like giving comfrey to white rats and giving them the dosage that would be the equivalent of you drinking a gallon of comfrey every every couple of hours. You know, that's presupposing that a rat is a scaled-down human. But so much for that. I have never had any problem with comfrey. I always, I like to keep that in my, I'll tell you something that I did with it. There have been times when my teeth would get loose and I would pack the comfrey into my gum and the next day the tooth would be strong again. So that's a usage that's close to home. Your comfrey root is the one I use like that. 
So now burdock, we talked about that when we first opened up. Burdock, the young leaves of burdock can be eaten like greens. And they are so mineral rich. They may have about 82 different minerals in it that your body can use. And the root of the burdock is particularly good for blood. It's very, very high in iron. It has a woody, nutty type flavor to it. So you can chop it up. Well, you peel it first, and then you chop it up and fix it like you would fix carrots. I like to put it in stews and saute it like that. So another thing that's in the dock family is yellow dock. And yellow dock is kind of bitter, but that is really, 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 really beneficial for blood. And women that are giving birth or women that are on their cycle, yellow dock is one of the things that can help them to neutralize their system and to build their iron level back up again. Because, you know, when they're on the cycle, they lose a lot of that natural iron and they lose a lot of the minerals that the blood is supposed to have in it. Now, in a different family, but beneficial to have is dandelion root. So the root of dandelion can be used several ways. We use as a regular tea for the building of iron in the blood. It can also be used as a roasted dandelion root as a coffee substitute. It tastes very similar to coffee. It still has the medicinal effect that dandelion root would have, except it has the addition of that kind of flavor. So people that are allergic to coffee, they could use roasted dandelion root and give themselves a coffee type of effect. I mean, not effect, but a coffee type of taste. <clears throat> also about the dandelion, you could eat the flower, you could eat the stem, the root, and the leaves. The entire dandelion plant is edible and very good for you. That's kind of be one of the best gifts that the Creator gave us. That dandelion, really high in iron and very, very digestible. It's a bitter. Some people do what they call blanch. They um, cover it up while it's growing so that it doesn't, the chlorophyll doesn't develop and the leaves will be white and it won't be as bitter. But I don't know why they would want to do that. But you can make salads out of the dandelion greens. You can also saute them. You can fix them in a number of ways and very, very pleasant, very beneficial. And a lot of the old school people make dandelion wine out of the flowers. So that's something that can happen also. So now another specialty, golden seal. Now golden seal, they have other names like um, yellow root, yellow pacoon. But golden seal is kind of bitter tasting. It tastes like 
yellow mud, like dirt, right? But you can boil that and make a wash for your eyes. We used to do that a lot, like especially if a person get red eye. We take golden seal and uh, red clover blossoms and make a tea out of that and wash the eye. And that golden seal kill the germs and soothe that that itching feeling. The golden seal also helps to settle the stomach out. So now recently people found a new use for it. They found out that it could disguise drug traces in the blood. Like, you know, when it was time for them to take tests to see if they had smoked some marijuana in the um they would take the golden seal and it would clean up the traces. But then the job started getting slick. They started testing people for traces of golden seal. <laughs> they, they know if you're drinking the golden seal that you're trying to disguise what you're doing. So, But in general, golden seal is really, really, really good for you. Um, you don't require a lot of it either. And it's very expensive now because people started using it for the process of um, disguising drug traces. So it used to be, you know, like $20 a pound. And now it's like $100 a pound. But you don't need pounds. You can go to the herb store and buy an ounce at a time. And that ounce will last quite a bit because you don't, you don't need a lot. It's like a little pinch or like a little tip of a teaspoon and boil it. Now, the way that you prepare these herbs, if it's a flower or if it's a leaf, you boil the water and then turn it off and then put the herbs in them and let them steep. If it's a bark or if it's a root, you actually go ahead and boil that because it takes a lot of boiling to get the essence out of it. So that's going to be good. So golden seal, you like you would like golden seal. It makes the water turn yellow. But it gives your internal body a really good feeling once you... And that has another kind of digestive effect. It actually makes the inner stomach feel better, make, and it helps to stimulate the liver to a certain degree so that it can flush out. And then, you know, you, you can put it on cuts, you can put it on fungus, and it'll help to destroy it. Now, along that kind of line, you know, the deep antifungus, antivirus, antibacteria type of herb it have something called aloes and um, there's about 30 different types of aloe plants like aloe vera aloe ferox aloe barbadensis you know to name a few the aloe ferox is reputed to be the oldest in the family which is actually a tree that can be like 30 feet tall. The most popular one is aloe vera because it grows very quickly. 
And um, within one season, you can have some nice fat aloe plants. So if you grow the aloe plants, the more room they have for the roots to stretch out, the bigger the plant is going to get. And then you will be able to um, notice little baby aloe plants creeping up from around the bottom. You can actually pull them out gently and transplant them. Next thing, you're going to have a whole bunch of different aloe plants, which is good. Like my daughter does that. She keeps dividing the aloe plants out, and then all the little babies grow up to a certain size, and she sells them. But that's a good thing. Aloe is good for helping you to produce more stem cells, which are like pre-cells that your body uses those stem cells to make regular cells with. Uh-huh. And whenever you get a cut or damage, then you need new cells. So that's going to be a help. Aloe helps you to repair faster. Aloe is good for everything. If you need more of something, it'll bring it up. If you need less of something, it'll bring it down. What they call an alterative. And um, inside the aloe is this gel. That gel is the, it contains something called mucopolysaccharides, which are simple sugars that your cells can feed themselves off of. The external part of the aloe, right underneath that layer of skin, is called the allantoin layer, and that has the bitter cathartic that will send you to the toilet and it'll clean you out like crazy. So that's, those are the herbs I wanted to cover for today. I go back over them, ginger, turmeric, sage, rosemary, thyme, peppermint, spearmint, mullein, nettle, catnip, lemon balm, cat's claw, cayenne pepper, jalapeno pepper, chili, habanero, and mombasa peppers. Comfrey, comfrey root, burdock, yellow dock, dandelion root, golden seal, sea moss, and aloes. So I'm glad you all got a chance to come and participate in this call today. Um, Smoothies, a lot of those herbs can be made into smoothies. But your concentration should be on staying well. And then as you use different herbs, make sure you pay attention to how you feel after you use them so that you can get used to knowing them from the inside out and knowing them from inside you. And when they come out, knowing them as they come out. You want to make yourself a careful observer so that you will be very, very effective at understanding about herbs. So those of you that, some of you may want to look at my website, which is the HTTP colon slash slash elhagan.synthesite.com. E-L 
H-A-G-A-H-N dot S-Y-N-T-H-A-S-I-T-E dot com. So, if anyone has any questions, you could share those questions now. Um, I had a question about the CMOS. Yes. Okay, I didn't get any information on that. Um, that must I don't know how I missed it. Well, the sea moss is a herb, sometimes called Irish moss. And out of 18 minerals that your body must have, 15 of them are in that sea moss. So you typically would take sea moss. It'll take about an ounce of sea moss to make up a gallon, and um, you just boil it until it dissolves. And once it dissolves completely, then you can let it cool. It'll turn into a gel, and then you scoop out as much as you need to add as a soup thickener or as a um, to put in smoothies but it's going to give you more minerals to support your whole body and its nutrition. And it's a very, very high-quality nutrition. Matter of fact, you can use the sea moss. Like, you know how if a person has cancer or something like that and they're losing weight too fast, the sea moss can help keep their weight on them and help their body stay nutritionally sound until they're able to rally. The sea moss typically comes out of places like Jamaica or Ireland. That's why they call it Irish moss, because it grows in Ireland also. But the Latin name for it is Fucus vesiculosus. Oops, sorry, 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 sorry. That's the bladder rat. Um, the Latin name for it is Chandris crispus, which is the uh, Latin name for sea moss. Any more questions? Thank you. All right. So thank you all for joining me on the call today. And you be in peace and prosperity. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Al. All right. Thank you all, too. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.